It's Zach Eady with the Purdue Men's Basketball, and you're watching Boilers in the Stands. Welcome back to Boilers in the Stands. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Joining me is Craig Bowers of Boiler Diehards. Um, we're doing part one of just an off-season kind of uh, summer preview show. You know, we obviously recognize it's still June, um, going on July pretty quick. Still a lot of time for things to change. Some rosters aren't even set fully. Some teams still have two, three scholarships open. Um, but some some of the rosters are set at this point. So we're just going to kind of go through a few teams today of, you know, couple other parts out this summer before we really dive in maybe more September, October, where we really start previewing stuff and things like that. But just wanted to get together, talk some hoops, uh, interact with you guys, just, you know, keep up with the big 10 and, and during this lull, try to put out some content. So, uh, Craig, how, how are you doing today? Oh, not too bad. <clears throat> I got to tell you after we talked about whether or not we were going to do the full intro or not, uh, and it just every time I hear that at the beginning, it just gives me goosebumps. And it's been a long time since I've uh, got to hear that at Mackey. And, you know, it kind of I don't want to say it gets old, but you kind of forget what type of chills that gives you when you haven't heard it for a while. So I'm starting to get pumped up about basketball season again. Been watching Miles Colvin the last two days um, well, a little bit today, I guess. Um, been really kind of following what's been happening with other teams around the Big Ten. Not a lot of movement for Purdue, but certainly lots of movement for some of the other teams. So. Starting to get back into it, seeing some videos coming out of practice and pictures coming out of practice, and it's just that time where you start to get excited about it again. Yeah, for now, for sure. There's um, you know, the teams are kind of meeting and stuff, and I don't, I don't know if it's like technically practice or whatever the technicality for the rules are, but yeah, seeing some clips come out, which is exciting. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty good year, just overall in the Big Ten. I'm, I don't know. If, I think the, there might be a worse bottom end, but aside from that, you know, Purdue and MSU are going to be, as of right now, the pretty prohibitive favorites. 
Um, you know, I think Illinois, Ohio State, Illinois will be, some people will think they'll be good, some people won't. But, you know, you kind of have that group of Ohio State, Wisconsin, maybe Maryland, Northwestern. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a team or something, maybe Indiana, depending on who they get. But um, just a team kind of in that second tier that it's a lot of unknown. And I think that's going to be kind of a theme for me during this offseason. It's just like, how do we project a lot of these teams going forward? But that's the fun of it. So today we're going to start with, uh, we're going to go through Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and Wisconsin. We'll just jump into Ohio State right now. Uh, They're coming off a lackluster season at best, 16 and 19, 5 and 5 in, uh, not 5 and 5, uh, 5 and 15 in the Big Ten. They had the 19th ranked offense, 106th ranked defense, and they have a pretty new team. Uh, seven newcomers will be on the roster. You got the freshman, Tayson Chapman, Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal, and Austin Parks. Three of those are top 50 recruits in Chapman, Middleton, and Royal, and we're definitely going to talk about them. Parks is ranked 180th, um, more of, I think, a long-term kind of big. Then in the transfer portal, they get two Big Ten transfers in Jason Jameson Battle and Evan Mahaffey from Minnesota and Penn State, respectively. Then they pick up a point guard in Dale Bonner from Baylor, who I think provides some, some defensive upside. Uh, they lose Bryce Sensiball, Justice Suing, Isaac Likely, and Sean Neal. So those are kind of just, you know, the overall what their new roster is. You know, they return uh, Bruce Thornton, they return, return Zed Key, they return Akpara. Um, Gail is kind of the other big piece that's coming back from last year's team. But uh, we can just go to you first. Like what kind of stands out question-wise or, or something you're looking forward to for this team next year? Well, you know, I think obviously it, I mean, losing sensible is going to hurt some, right? Uh, there's a reason that he gets drafted where he gets drafted. Uh, he's an elite scorer. Um, but I really thought there were times last year when Ohio State as a team looked better when sensible was off the floor. Um, I like the ball in Thornton's hands. I, I thought that's when Ohio State looked best one through five in terms of spraying the ball around and getting a bunch of different people involved. Um, the last half of the season, probably the last third of the season, especially. Um, I thought Thornton was huge Um, in that time. um, You know, there towards the end of the season, he averaged last 13 games. He averaged 14.5 points, 2.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists in those last 13 games. And then we saw Roddy Gale really take off in the Big Ten tournament. Now that was three games and we don't know if that's a blip, uh, but he was the highest ranked recruit of those Uh, that came in last year. Um, So that's who they thought he was going to be. So it's going to be really interesting to me. We talk about how big of a jump uh, players tend to make from their freshman to sophomore year. I I think we'll see that with Thornton and and Roddy Gale. Um, You bring in the the kid from Penn State. I thought he gave some decent minutes for Penn State, but was just buried behind a bunch of people last year. He's got that freshman to sophomore year jump too. Um, so there's a chance for a lot of high growth for this team. And and I think people are sleeping on this team a little bit because they feel like Holtman continues to bring in really good recruiting classes and maybe we haven't seen that pay off. Um, but I'm a little bit bullish um, on Ohio State this year. Yeah, I'm, I definitely see it. I see it. I'm a little weary. And I think it's just because I think they're going to have to rely on freshmen a lot. Um but with that, they got some talented dudes. Like Chapman might. This is not. This is on January or June 25th. So this is not my lock or my pick. I can change this in a couple months if I want to. But Chapman might be my pick for freshman of the year. Um, dude's just talented. Combo guard can really score the ball. Facilitates well. Really, really smooth jumper. Really good footwork. Um, kind of. You know, he's not. Um, he's not like big, like sensible, but could potentially be that kind of scoring punch. 
that Ohio State just kind of seemed to have the past couple of years. But also, like, if you're relying on freshmen a bunch, it, it can go two ways. And um, I, it's going to be interesting to see. But I don't know. It's, it's a team that's just going to be interesting, right? Like, you you had Zach Key kind of hurt last year, but then that allows Zach Parr to kind of develop towards the end. Um, that's one of my questions kind of around them. Is is it is Key healthy? Is he going to play 25, 30 minutes? Is it going to be closer to 2020? Because I don't know if you can – at this point with what Akpara showed, like, I don't know if you can really play him less than 10 minutes, at least probably closer to 15 to 20. Um, you know, you, you have Jameson battle who comes in off of a straight up, just bad year at Minnesota. And I, he was on a really bad team and forced to take tough shots, but also like uh, the big thing for me is Jameson battle did not get to the rim at all last year. It was like, I could look it up, but I think he had like 35 shots at the rim last year for the entire season. Um, and that's something Ohio State struggled with too. They were three, 330th in rim rate, which is you know 330th out of 363 or whatever. They just they're they're a team that lives with the jumper. They live with the mid range specifically. Now they had dudes like Senseball, like you said, Senseball is a bucket. He could just go get it, and it didn't matter. Um, Thorne's not a big rim pressure guy. Really, is key in, in the para kind of on putbacks or rolls to the rim, whatever. So that'll be my big thing. Is just like on offense, can they get some sort of a consistent rim? rim threat they haven't really they didn't show it last year they haven't really shown it recently um and then on the deep the bigger question is just defensively like can this team defend i think they have dudes that can do it i like the dale bonner pickup he's a really good defender or at um you know coming from baylor for his grad year here at ohio state six two kind of can he'll be guarding ones and twos mainly but he, he can really get into ball handlers and so if he's playing with thornton i don't know if that'll happen a ton or if he'll be more just reserve role um, but if he is playing with Thorne, maybe he takes the primary. Thorne can kind of take any bigger guard just with his size. So I, I think there's upside there because then you got some wings. You know, I don't think Battle's a good defender, but like uh, Mahaffey has shown promise. Gales, I think, been pro- shown promise. Like Parra has shown promise. Like that's some some lengthy dudes there too that can defend. Yeah, and, and I think you know I we talked about this a little bit ago, but I, I think people are sleeping on Battle. Um, like he he averaged seventeen. something like that a game in the big 10, you know, the year before, and he shot 36% from three that year. So on on high volume, I think it was like seven attempts a game. Um, He was voted by coaches coming into the season or media. I'm sorry. um, Coming into the season, he was voted preseason all big 10. So like battle was a dude. And then he just had a bad year and he was on a really bad team. Um, I think you you put him around some talent at Ohio State. There's a chance he returns to that guy that was a potential All Big Ten guy. And, and if he's that, and then you've got Thornton coming into a sophomore year, um, you got Zed Key just banging away old school down uh, under the rim, even though he's a little bit undersized. You got Roddy Gale, who's maybe developing into a little bit more of who they thought he could be, and then you bring in three talented freshmen to to give minutes and give buckets coming off the bench. Um, I know you think Chapman's going to start right away, but either way, like you, you bring in three top 50 guys around that core. Um, I think this team has a chance to be pretty good. And for what it's worth, Andy Katz and his way too early has him third in the big 10 and 18 or 19th in the country going into the year. I don't know if I'm quite that high on him. Um, maybe just a little bit lower. The I have their Yeah. Their ceilings, a top two, three team, I think in the big 10. If it, like if everything hits right, you have Chapman coming well. Battle returns to what he was, um, and 
that yeah like but it's just again like battle didn't shoot well from three you know shot 31 percent compared to like 35 36 a few years before but he went he dropped from like a 54 ish percent two-point shooter to 44 percent um just a yeah. ton of tough jumpers and maybe it's just a byproduct of being on that minnesota squad but yeah no i, I think the ups, the upside's for sure a top two three team like you got thorn who could you know he's being ranked probably in the middle for point guards coming into the year he showed flashes that he could be a top three, four point guard. And that's going to be another big question is what can he kind of be? Um, Cause I think if they want to be their best, he probably has to turn into that dude. Like he probably has to turn into the guy for them in some capacity. Um, I, maybe it's not, you know, 20 points a game or anything like that, but getting to, you know, 12, 14 points, five assists, something like a, something like that too. Um, along with other guys developing. So it'll be, so, I don't know. It, it's interesting. So- so he has to turn into what he averaged the last 13 games of the year? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying, the flashes, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, okay. if he can do that again and get some better pieces around him, um, no, they could be good. Uh, quick, quick side note with the Andy Katz thing. Did you see his uh, NBA draft comps? Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was tough. Um, yeah. We'll get back to Ohio State. Uh, Bryce Sensiball, obviously like Mikael Bridges, as uh, Andy Katz pointed out to us. Um What's your concerns defensively? <laughs> I kind of pointed it out with the rim stuff. Uh, I'm concerned about that and, and pick and roll. But do you have anything defensively? Because that was what held them back, right? Like they were number 19 offense, number 101, number 106 defense. Uh huh. And I don't know. I early in this season, I just thought they had a bunch of guys that looked like they weren't interested in becoming really good defenders, um, especially on the perimeter. Um, and then when you're playing in the Big Ten and your center is what is Zed Key six eight. Six, yeah, eight, six, um, six eight at center. Um, if you don't have good perimeter defense, then to me, that's yeah. a recipe for disaster in the Big Ten. But I thought they played obviously in the Big Ten tournament, they played better defensively, um, than they had most of the year. But the other thing, too, is uh, you know, in games decided by seven points or less, they went two and ten last year, and, and even at five points or less, it was like one and six, one and seven, something like that. Um, but I kept seeing these other games that were like six point games. So I, I put it up to seven. They were two and 10 in those games Okay. and they were really young, um, at the guard position last year. So, you know, I don't know, another year experience, another year of just figuring it out. You know, painter always talks about the hardest thing to learn when you go to the college level is defense and team defense and where you're supposed to be rotationally and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, since the ball leaves, but you're bringing a lot of guys back that got a year of experience under their belt now. Yep. I think, and then the last thing with them before we move on is uh, just Holtman himself. Um, you know, you kind of referenced like a, a really, really good recruiter. He's brought guys in. There's, I know there was talk last year, a lot of Ohio State fans wanted him fired. And then he kind of go, they go on this big 10 tourney run and uh, just back and forth. But one, do you think he's on the hot seat at all? I don't think he is just from a pure outside perspective. I don't know if, if you think he is at all. I don't know. I, I made a comment like that last year uh, when, when the spiral started and I kind of got attacked for making that comment um, on the on the socials. Um, but man, it's got to be getting close, right? Uh, I mean, there's only so long. And if you, if you look at their tournament success over the last few years, uh, what are we at? So they don't make it last year. They're out in the second round in 22, first round in 21, second round in 19, second round in 18. So... I mean, not <laughs> there's not a lot of payoff here for the recruiting classes he's getting. And 
I mean, arguably, I'd have to go back through, but I'm I'm guessing over that time period, in terms of total recruit ranking, he's probably got the highest ranking of anybody, if not either him or Michigan, right? Yeah. Or well, maybe maybe MSU, but this yeah. is the first year in a little while where Izzo's landed a bunch of really high, um, highly ranked recruits. So it wouldn't surprise me. He's up there anyway, and it just hasn't really paid off. So at, at some point, he's got to start to feel that seat getting a little bit of hot, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Last thing, and it kind of goes with it, and um, I'm going to reference it throughout because I think it's interesting. They were two and seven in games divided, decided by like six points or less. Um, I'm a believer in like, now that it shouldn't be exactly 50-50, I think coaching and that can kind of get it a little bit. But when you get to these games that are two minutes and it's less than five points, it's a lot of it is just variance. It really is. Um, two and seven is not a great record. It isn't a ton of games. Uh, we'll talk about a team in a little bit that had a ton of close games. But there is that too. Like if it, you know, Kempom, I, I don't know what they're at currently, but at one point they were considered the unluckiest team. Uh, in the country and that's not per se like saying they should have you know like just purely unlucky but more of just like based on like how their ratings were and things like that they probably should have been expected to win a little bit more than what they did um so there's that part too like if they're just due for some natural regression like if they play that season last year and they end up at eight and 12 instead of five and 15 that's three get three games that's a big difference but you know are we thinking yeah. about this team differently even then so yeah probably not but you know the other also th they lost. last Last thing I'll say is, as I started going through all the video clips that you posted, it was amazing to me how often, like, I was like, oh, that's an Ohio State guy. Like, just body and build, right? Yeah. He kind of likes him built like a bowling ball at, at, at the guard position, like strong and low center of gravity, um, just kind of manly looking, you know? And then, you know, I flip over to Wisconsin's recruits, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great guard guy. Like, yep. <laughs> just yeah. right down the line, so. Yeah, so. We'll jump to uh, Iowa then, if you got nothing else on Ohio State. Mm -hmm. um, Iowa brings back um, uh, not that much compared to what they had production-wise. Uh, decent bet. They finished 19-14 and 14 last year, 11-9 and nine in Big Ten play. They're an eight-seed in the tourney, lost to Auburn first round. Uh, they were just you know another Iowa team, number four in offense and number 168 in defense. It's just who Iowa is. Um for the offseason, they added four freshmen and two transfers. The freshman is Price Sanford, which is a brother of Peyton Sanford, Laji Dembele, Owen Freeman, and Brock Harding, and then two transfer bigs in Ben Creek and even Bronze. Um, so I'm just gonna start with Iowa. Like I'm not I'm I'm worried that uh for them that they're gonna be a bottom five team in the Big Ten. I, they lose a lot. They lost Chris Murray, Philip Rabaka, Connor McCaffrey, and then Aaron Eulis and Josh Agundale. Um, but losing Murray and Rebraca, even Connor McCaffrey to a bit, not that he was the most important piece, but just um, kind of can do, could do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, the, um, you have the stats here, returned 46% of their points in that, 46% of their minutes. Like, it's a team that brings back some good pieces. They bring back Perkins. They bring back Sanford, Patrick McCaffrey. Um, but it's also a lot of young guys. I'm, I'm pretty high on Price Sanford. I'm really high on Brock Harding. He's unranked, or he might be. He might have eventually just got like a basic three star. Um, but the dude can just he's he's he reminded me so much of Braden Smith when I watched him. He, you watch him, and I, the dude's just a winner. He's just did like. Did you look at what just, I put on the sheet? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> in the in the notes, I put poor man's Braden Smith. That's what yeah. I put. <laughs> no, really, and um, it's, yeah, he's a little bit smaller, but you go. Yeah. No, yeah, like I. 
I, I mean, I thought uh, Price looked good uh, on the video um, that you mm -hmm. posted and whatnot. Just looking through that, just looks like a pure shooter. He's got some size, but he, he I mean, he can do more than that. It looks like he can do a, a little bit of everything. Um, assist numbers pretty good, rebounding pretty good. Just a big long weed that can move fairly decent and is a is a dead eye shooter. But then I got to Brock Harding's tape and I was like, whoa. <laughs> like this guy's jumping off the video to me. Um, just look really smart. Looked like he was manipulating defenses, whipping passes around everywhere. And like you said, just immediately that Braden Smith comp comes to mind um, right. right away. And, and I was surprised when I was putting the numbers together on this in terms of uh, percentage of points returning, because they only get 33% of their game started back, but they have 46% of their points scored. So they were getting quite a bit of bench production. Um, and, and well, I mean, Peyton Sanford was six man of the year last year. So obviously that rolls yeah. into that. Um, so they're in some ways they lost a lot, but there's some teams that, that have more games started returning, uh, but less points per game returning. So, you know, maybe not quite as bad as, as it might think right away about it. The thing that concerns me is, you know, McCaffrey tends to, when he has good teams anyway, they tend to be built around one stud. And then everybody else scores eight points, you know, and he's had Luca Garza and then he had Murray. And even when he had the other Murray on the team, you know, they ran everything through Keegan that year. And then the yep. next year really focal pointed Chris and they, they tend to just let one guy go. And then everybody else just kind of fills in and plays a role behind that one person. And I don't think they have, I mean, that's not the type of team they're going to have this year because unless somebody emerges out of nowhere, I don't see uh, an alpha dog on this team. No, it would have to be maybe Perkins, um, but I just don't think he's – I think he's a good player, but I don't. I think he's more of a two-way type guy and not like a primary we're going to just give you 30% usage type thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I just don't like their depth that much. Um, and, and I guess you could say about some and, and – like I said, you know, Ohio State, I don't know if they have a ton of proven depth, but I, I like their freshmen a lot. But their freshmen, like I do, you know, I've said I like Sanford, Price Sanford. He can, I think he'll be better than Peyton Sanford within a year probably. Uh, can just do a little bit more on ball. Um, not a shot of Peyton, you know, Peyton. I think Peyton does his role really well. I think Price can be a little bit more versatile. Um, but like Laji Dembele, I think he has good upside potentially. Um, Owen, Owen Freeman's going to definitely need to develop some. And then I, like I said, I love Brock Harding. I could see Brock Harding starting day one, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for Iowa. Um, it, it worked out for Purdue if we're comparing to Brain Smith, but also Purdue had somebody named Zach Eady down low that could kind of right. um, calm things and center everything around. So, and then this, these two, the two transfers, even Bronze and Ben Creek, um, they're going to have to be big. Like they, they're their front court is uh, nobody is proven in the Big Ten as of currently. Even Bronze um, transfers. Oh, where he, I'm blanking now where he transferred from Belmont. My head. Belmont. And then ben so we, Creek saw, was good at we saw him, right? Last year. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure either last year or the year before we would have seen the year him before, I think. Okay. Um, but he comes in, you know, solid, just big, um, nothing too crazy. Ben Creek is going to have to potentially be that low post scoring guy. Um, he averaged close, he averaged um, probably like, I think like 20 something at Valpo, but Valpo is really bad. Um, he has good skill, but their, their big man group right now is even bronze Ben Creek. Both are transfers from, from mid majors, Laji Dembele, Owen Freeman, um, freshman, and then Riley Mulvey, who hasn't really produced. He's going to be a junior. 
those are their bigs right now. Like in the Big Ten, somebody's going to have to step up unless they just buy into this ultra wing lineup, uh, which is something I do want them to do at some point, especially maybe once price is a little more comfortable in the Big Ten, do a lineup of, I mean, you could even go crazy and do Josh Dix, Price Sanford, Payne Sanford, Patrick McCaffrey, and Ben Creek, um, all 6'5 plus. And then, you know, you're hoping on defense, you, I assume they'll just do their full court trap thing and, and um, try to just muck it up that way. And that's probably their upside to hitting defensively there. Uh, I do think they might be a little bit better defensively. I like Perkins. I think, you know, Josh Dix has some good length. It's just whether guys want to buy in and, and there's a system that, isn't really built that way. They want to get out and run um, leads them to really good offense, but my biggest concern. Yeah. Just, just depth. And then they also legit like with the bigs, they do not have a rim protector at all. Um, it's something yeah. they struggled. That was where they were bad last year. They were fine defending um, the perimeter. Like they were, it was okay, but at the rim, they were absolutely terrible. Um, and that, that's just, that's something that's probably going to happen again. And now that you're allowing the easiest shot in the game, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And I was totally wrong. The last time we played Belmont was 2018. So that's what happens when oh. you turn 46. You think in Liberty? Like, like maybe? Yeah, I think so. Um, like five years merges into two years when you're 46. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of concerns for them. Um, you know, just going back and watching some film on the kid from Valpo and the kid from Belmont. I, I mean, obviously, I think the kid from Bel Valpo is a much more talented scorer. Um, yeah. But even then, it still looked like he was just primarily using his size at that level. I, I wouldn't say that I thought he was like really, really polished in terms of feel around the rim or or footwork down there. And I, I didn't see somebody that I thought could compete with Big Ten level bigs in terms of going out and getting 15 points a night uh, by any means. And the other kid from the kid from Belmont just looked like a bruiser. Uh, I mean, just yeah. a big, thick, muscular dude. There wasn't much, um, and and super slow. Uh, but he had slow feet laterally and just trying to stay with other big men making basic post moves around him. So I'd be really worried um, about them down low and don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I they, I think Iowa thought they were going to shoot better all the way around last year. And yeah. they got a whole bunch of guys that end up around 33, 34%. Um, and who knows, maybe they spray the ball around like crazy and bomb away from threes and, and shoot better than, or shoot like they thought they could shoot last year. And maybe it's different, but I know some people have them in the bottom four. Um, you know, Iowa to me is one of those teams. Anytime you bank on them to compete for the big 10, they disappoint you a little bit and, and don't, don't do so. And every time you think they're going to be a bottom four team also still end up in the middle somehow. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying the bottom four yet. Um, I'm not I'm not going that far with this team, but I think That's, definitely end the end of the middle of the pack. <laughs> I probably and I probably have about a four. I obviously still need to go through the rest of the Big Ten to fully figure it out. Um, maybe like yeah, maybe that nine ten range somewhere in there. So maybe not bottom four, but right in that area. Um, yeah, just the upside is is McCaffrey and Perkins are both going to have to be just take huge steps. I liked flashes from Josh Dix, and then they're going to have to get some freshman contributions. It, it might be Brock Harding be coming in and being the point from day one, allowing Perkins to be more off ball and stuff. But um, do you have anything else for Iowa? I do not. All right, then let's get to Penn State. And there's a lot of names, new names for this Penn State team, <laughs> starting with their coach, Mike Rhodes. After Shrewsbury goes to take the Notre Dame job, they lose um, 
So they lost Shrewsbury, then they lost Jalen Pickett, Seth Lundy, Andrew Funk, Cameron Winter, Michael Henn, Miles Dredd, Evan Mahaffey, Dalian Johnson, Caleb Dorsey, and Keba Najai. Uh, so basically everybody, their only returning players are Jamila Brown, Kanye Clary, and Demetrius Lilly. Got a little bit of production from, from Brown and Clary, but not much. Um, and it's a bunch of transfers, right? This is Mike Rhodes' first year at Penn State coming from VCU, where he was pretty successful over his last five years or so, um, at least at, at that mid-major, high mid-major level. Um, last year, they make the tourney, lose first round to St. Mary's. With him, the biggest one that they bring, and um, I'll actually I'll just go through the names and then we'll circle back. But Ace Baldwin, they bring with from VCU. Uh, Nick Kern, also from VCU, if I remember. Then they just bring a bunch of wings for the most part. Zach Hicks, Puff Johnson, Qtis Wahab, Leo Boyle, Raquandis Mitchell, Favor Iyer, DeMarco Dunn, and, and then a freshman from uh, Iceland, Braggy Goodmanson. I know most a lot of people are probably putting this team number 14 um, or number 13, depending on what you think of Minnesota. I get I, I can see a scenario where they just kind of like grind their way to like nothing crazy, but like a nine, 10, they get that like that first round buy in the Big Ten tourney. And it's because you look at I'm looking at VCU stats, right? This is um, they only bring two mm-hmm. VCU guys, but it's I assume it's going to be the similar system and that, especially with Ace Balding kind of starting everything out. Number 13 in defense. Uh, or no, Penn State last year was number 13 in offense, number six, 96 in defense for Penn State. VCU was number 144 in offense and number 15 in defense. Um, they're a team. They have the, they have the seventh highest opponent, opponent turnover percentage. They pressed like the um, they've pressed the 14th most out of everybody in the country. And he went out and got, you know, they have six one Ace Baldwin who averaged uh, like a steal and a half a game or steal 1.2 steals a game. They have Jamil Brown and Kanye Clare who are six four and six foot respectively. Everybody else is like six five or six six and above. Um, it's mm-hmm. just going to be a bunch of dudes with good length that are um, some three and D potential, some not as much three and some not, not as much D. But I see the I can I, I don't I need to dive in more to VCU film first, but like I see the upside where they just trap teams enough and they just have four five six games um, in the Big Ten that they just come in and just kind of impose their will defensively and, and sneak out with wins. But with that, I, I, you know, I don't think they're, I think that's more their ceiling is that nine ten. 10. Um, I, I don't see them going too, too much higher above that as of right now. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but I absolutely love uh, this move uh, and that he's going to be at Penn state and just what that's going to mean for the big 10 in general. Um, but some of these numbers just are, are almost laughable. Uh, Percentage in terms of points per game returning, 7%. 0% in terms of game started returning from that team. Uh, I mean, it's 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 crazy um, where things are at now. And, and obviously, with coaches moving, um, there are more exceptions to being able to move and to transfer around the country to different places, but just crazy. And their recruiting ranking this year, with all that movement, their recruiting ranking um, is not available because they didn't actually bring in any recruits that yeah it, you know they, they don't want unranked dude well yeah one one and they don't typically uh rank the foreign recruits so yeah um with him coming from iceland i heard he dominated iceland though um he was good that, yeah so you know it, it's gonna be a tough swim for them but but like you said um if they bring that vcu style and identity um you know that's the style and identity that a lot of big 10 teams struggle with um yeah. and if nothing else it you know maybe a little bit like joe tiller bringing you know 
uh, you know, basketball on grass to football where everybody struggled, like adjusting to Purdue's new system. Um, and obviously they play out of conference more in basketball and they see that type of stuff, but still, um, they're going to be bringing a type of system and, and defensively and just the way they play and the type of players they play against that they could give some people some trouble, even if they struggle offensively. The only thing I'll say is looking on tape. Like I thought the two VCU guys obviously look very much like VCU guys, but some of the other transfers that he brought in to me didn't look like even they have length, but they didn't look super quick and super athletic on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't know that he'll have the type of guys to put the pressure on teams that he wants to this year. Um, But I'm certainly looking forward to it long-term and and big 10 teams having to play a team that wants to play that way before they get to the tournament and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, Just thinking through it, we just talked about Iowa, like a team that has to go from, say they go from like Iowa to Penn state and back-to-back games, just, completely different styles is what they'll see um i think ace baldwin's getting a little bit disrespected in kind of all this point guard talk i know he has improved at the big 10 level and so there is that um but he's been good he really has been good isn't the most efficient but he's kind of had to do everything and um, that might you know it's going to kind of be the same here he's going to have to create for everybody i'm not saying he will be but like there's a scenario where he's a top three or four point guard in this league um if he really turns it up defensively, gets a shot to go. And then that's just going to be good things for Penn State. Yeah, and it's, I mean, he was the A-10 player of the year last year. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's a thats a good league. That was a little bit down last year, but it's a good league. So, um, he's going to come in and he's going to be effective and he's going to make some noise. Where he ranks in terms of those point guards, it's, it's hard to say um, until you see him play Big Ten teams night in and night out. But, yeah, I mean, the turnovers for me are a little bit of concern, 2.7 turnovers a game. Um, and, and then their other guard that they bring in from Kansas City, Raekwondus Mitchell, who's yeah. actually their highest scorer coming in at 17.3 points a game, but not in as high level of a league as the A-10. Um, he turns the ball over a lot as well, an extremely high-volume shooter that only shows, yeah. shoots about 30% from three. Um if if this team wins, I think they're going to have to do it with defensive identity um, and, and hope they can score enough points along the way. Yeah, for sure. That's that's where it's going to be. They're, they're hoping like guys like Puff Johnson hit, who's kind of has an, you know, higher ranked recruit. Um, even his teammate DeMarco Dunn, higher ranked recruits didn't really pan out um, great at, at their previous stops. You're coming in, you know, Leo Boyle, he's not going to, I don't know what he's going to do defensively, but if he gets an open three, it's going in. Um, I'm pretty confident in that. So, yeah, it's gonna, it's just going to be how does this team gel together? Um, you look at I'm looking at the VCU stats. They got to the rim a ton too, um, and a lot of that is because they were in transition so much. Um, but they were so inefficient at the rim, and a lot of it I think it was Baldwin and just some of their other guards. So, like, if they can't force turnovers, they do have to convert at some points on a, on a somewhat positive scale. If that happens, they can get to the 9-10. If it isn't, like if, if the defense isn't there and they aren't converting into offense, then yeah, they're going to be a bottom two, three team. Um, but I do think they're getting, you know, I, I, I think there's a little more upside than what most people are giving credit for right now. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just a feisty team overall. What are your thoughts on the, the center transfer from Georgetown? Uh, Wahab? Wahab. Yeah. Um, from what I remember, because this was a little bit ago that I, uh, I I did his breakdown, but he had pretty good movement in the post. Um, I, I don't think he's not going to come in and be some elite Big Ten big, but I think he can handle his own during his you know 20 minutes a game or whatever. Uh, he had he had some pretty good touch from what I remember. Rolled pretty well, um, and he's a big body, six eleven. He's there. Um, him and 
he's the only, their only true big that has actually like played. Um, they have, you know, favor out here from Miami who didn't play much. He's more of just a pure rim runner. Demetrius Lilly didn't play much for Penn state last year. Um, he is going to be relied on a ton. If he doesn't show up, then like they don't, you know, they, last year they had a miles dread who was just the six, four, just built like a tank dude that could kind of just play pseudo center, allow him to play their system. Um, that's not going to happen this year. Like if, if Wahab isn't good, they're going to have to figure something out quick. I don't know if it's just buying into a ton of wings and play zone and trap and stuff, but um, he'll be interesting. I think there's good upside, um, good upside to be a quality big 10 big, not like an elite big. Yeah. I, I just, he, he looked like he really struggled if he'd get switched um, out on the perimeter. Not that like there's a lot of centers in the big 10 that struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of the way like a team like VCU wanted to play, um, you know, I just kind of wonder he's going to have to play in this league. I think um, had quite a few minutes for that team, like you said, is the only real big man. And they're going to see some quite a few big men in the big 10. And then how's he going to handle, you know, pick and roll and that type of stuff, um, you know, against, you know, freaking Tyson Walker at Michigan State and whatnot. So, um, like, how's he going to handle that? Um, so, to, to me, that's going to be an interesting mix. Braggs jumped in here and asked if yeah. uh, it was a positive or a negative with the Shrewsbury move because he's out of the Big Ten. Negative because he's recruiting closer to Boiler Territory in South Bend. Positive because he's out. What are your um, thoughts? Yeah, for, for Purdue base, then uh, from just a pure, pure Purdue fandom, it's – I guess a negative because now he is recruiting Indiana where he knows, you know, he lived here, all that stuff. We know the Shrews backstory. Um, so he'll be able to recruit the state. Well, and there's another competitor. If Notre Dame's relevant, that's just another, you know, then they're up. Then they, they have the brand names. Um, not quite probably as big as IU in basketball, but still in that kind of territory where it's another competitor, but on the other side, like um, I think as Purdue fans also, we're all happy for Shrews. Like I can't think, I can't think of uh, think of anybody that's been negative towards Drew's just because he's so good. He's been good. He was really good at Penn State. Um, he was really good at Purdue and, and just kind of all of his stops along the way. So I think, you know, it's both. Um, you're happy for him, but then also if you're looking from a pure like team advantage perspective, yeah, it's probably a little negative. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy for him overall and I'm excited to see what he does. I, I think he'll, I think he's going to find success pretty quick at Notre Dame. What about you? Yeah, and, and for his sake, I hope so. Um, just a great guy, and and I think, you know, you look at the way he played at Purdue or offensively, the way teams played, and, and then the style of play that he played at Penn State. I mean, that's a that's a pretty drastic change. Um, so the fact that he could, um, you know, because he he had a lot of his footprint on Purdue's offense when he was here, and then to be able to make that kind of a change when he goes to Penn State, obviously, just a really good offensive mind. So. I would expect him to have success at Notre Dame as well. And you're already starting to see some, you know, Notre Dame pop into it, you know, top fives or whatever that recruits are naming for, for their final schools. So I think he's definitely going to put some pressure on both Purdue and IU um, when it comes to Indiana guys. Um, So from that standpoint, yeah, it's a little worrisome, but I'm happy for the guy. I think he'll be really successful there and look forward to, to seeing his success as he moves forward. So, yep. Um, we got anything else on Penn state. I think I'm kind of good. There's, you know, basically the Penn state can be summed up as tons of unknown, maybe good defense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the kid from Iceland though. Like, oh, Brag- I, I, he, uh, I thought he kind of jumped on that tape. Like 
the kid just had a really good feel, looked good with the ball in his hands. Um, mm. uh, he, you said his percentage was kind of low, but it was um, low. he's playing against some older guys over there in that league. Yeah. Uh, he's not playing against just college age kids. And I mean, I thought his shot looked good from a form standpoint. So I'm kind of interested to see what he is. You never know uh, with a lot of the European players that come over. Um, you know, you can watch some highlights and think, wow, <laughs> that guy's going to come over here and dominate. And then you can not happen and, and sometimes vice versa. So I am interested to see what he looks like when they get him. Yeah. I think for him, it's just going to be the athletic. Um, if he can translate athletically too. And if he, with that can, if he can still candle the ball and stuff, um, I think he'll be more of a two. I don't think he'll be a primary guard by any means, but you mm-hmm. know, he seemed comfortable enough running pick and roll. I didn't see too much from the passing standpoint. Um, pretty slow defensively, which is the big concern, but you know, there's another dude that he could potentially play point. He's six five and kind of buys in, buy into that that mold of being a super long VCU player. Um, I don't yeah. think he. I, truthfully, I don't. Especially with Baldwin there, I don't think he plays much this year. Um, but you never know, unless if Raqu- if Raquandis Mitchell or Kanye Clark kind of don't pan out, then yeah, maybe he does get 10, 15 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Um, who did that old Boyle kids uh, release remind you of? When you watched it, um, it's been a minute. I'm gonna be honest. I have a name that I assume you want me to say. Who is it? Larry Bird? Is that the release? No, no, no. Oh, okay, cool. It reminds me of Klein's. Like he brings oh, it back. It? Like a he brings it back like this. Yeah, kinda, yeah. Kind of has that fishing reel looking thing going on, or fishing cast a little bit on that shot. But the first when I watched that first video you put up, and I was like, oh god. Like his form's weird. And then I yeah. went back to, I saw his stats for three and I'm like, I kept watching the videos like, okay, well, if he repeats it enough, hits it enough, just like Painter used to say about Klein, um, you know, there's been some guys who have awesome looking form who shoot 30%. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. We will, there we go. I lost my, my stuff for here. Um, so we're going to Penn state, I think, right. Yep. Move on to the last yep. team before we do that. Just, if you guys are watching, uh, if you want to like, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Just helping us out. We're going to try to keep putting out some content and stuff. Um, we do really appreciate that. We are also on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So um, if you've caught you jumped in for a few minutes but aren't able to listen to it all, go back listen on podcasts while you're doing whatever, driving to work, whatever it is. Um, and if you could rate there five stars, just help us out as we're, we're we really want to kind of elevate this for the upcoming years. So. With that, we will jump to the last team that we will talk about today, and that is the Wisconsin Badgers. They went 20 and 15 last year, 9 and 11 in conference. Uh, they have the 140th ranked offense and the 19th ranked defense. Uh, pretty, in terms of uh, in, in the age of the transfer portal, pretty quiet offseason for them. The additions one transfer in AJ Store from St. John's, uh, three freshmen in Gus Yaldin, Nolan Winter, and John Blackwell. Um, they only lose two pieces, and that's Jordan Davis and Jacoby Neath. Um, Davis was, you know, borderline. He started most games. Um, Neath wasn't wasn't a huge factor. I think he was even hurt last year. Um, but return basically everybody. They get Wall back. They get Crowell and all that. Klesmit stays. Um, they're gonna have a pretty fun guard room, guard and, and small wing type room. The thing that stands out to me most about this Wisconsin team, and that's what makes it so tough for me to really, like, truly try to figure out what this team is. They were 13 and eight in games decided by five points and less. So they played 35 games last year. 21 of them were decided by five points or less. Like that's 
that's nuts. That's um, I, I, here, I can pull it up what the rest of the Big Ten was, but that was by far and away the most games. Uh, I feel for you, Wisconsin fans, like just having to go through that every single game. The next highest was Penn State had 14 games by five points or less. Wisconsin had 21. Um, wow. And now, if we're, you know, if we're going back to where I was saying, like, hey, it should be roughly 50 50, some factors may bump it to 40 60 or whatever. Like, how did, you know, and I'm getting through of like, how do I truly analyze this team that their outcomes, you know, were decided on whether a couple teams had a, a pull up jumper down the stretch. Um, and, you know, there is still a lot to analyze with them, but if they hit a few more and they were, you know, 16 and, and five in these, and then they make the NCAA tournaments and maybe they make get to a round two game. Are we like, right. oh, yeah, this is a, are, do they have that kind of like that Michigan State bump where it's like, oh, yeah, this is a top two, three team for sure. Um, in, in the Big Ten, or if they vice versa, but is re, it is good returning everybody. I'm interested to see what Wall Wall does this year. Um, I know he was hurt for a lot of last year, and and it kind of bummed him. Um, and Wisconsin, and as a whole, Wall didn't have a great year in, in terms of his standards. Can he kind of get back to what they need him to be? Um, and it's just a pseudo one. That kind of leads me to another question, but I've been rambling, so I'll let you you go, Craig. If what you whatever you got to say about Wisconsin. Well, you know, all, all we hear about now in college basketball is it pays to get older. Okay, the the old, you know, kind of trope of the the one and done experiment with, uh, you know, Kentucky doing that early on and having success with it. It hasn't really paid to be true long term, and obviously the transfer portal, <coughs> sorry, makes it easier easier to get older faster, um, and makes it harder, I think, to win with those all freshman teams uh, that are just pure talent and haven't had the time to grow and develop their game at the college level. So I'm a little bit shocked that people aren't a little bit higher on Wisconsin. Um, from what I have seen from like way too early big 10 rankings, uh, they return 91% of their point production, 88% of total rebounds, 87% of minutes and 90% of starts. Um, and they have some guys on there that are talented players. And uh, for a decent part of the season at the beginning, uh, looked like a team that was going to compete in the big 10. So I'm a little bit surprised that, that people aren't a little higher on them than what they are. Um, you know, I I think they're a high floor, low ceiling team. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't think there's any way this team finishes lower than sixth, seventh, personally. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any way they finish top two uh, in the Big Ten either. So I think there's somewhere like dead set in that middle. I would be most shocked if Wisconsin somehow dropped um, out of the mid-pack. Uh, of any teams in there just because the experience they bring back. And with that said, there's only one guy that's really got that freshman to sophomore year jump coming in a season. You know, everybody else is a little bit older. So you expect them to keep getting better, but maybe not as high a growth. But a season really came on like crazy at the end of the year last year. You would expect him to continue like Fletcher Lawyer and like Braden Smith, as we expect from Purdue next year to make even even bigger jump going in. Um, early on in the season, he was just a catch and shoot three guy. At the end of the year, he was attacking off the bounce a little bit. He was finding other ways to score, finding other ways to contribute. Um, you know, Central Noble kid, uh, I believe, um, from yeah, Indiana. Wow. So, um, you know, I think that's it's going to be exciting to see where he goes. You part way through the season, my son was telling me he was going to finish on the Big Ten freshman team. He's a Wisconsin fan, as we all know. Um, I told him he was crazy. Ray fell at the time, told him he was crazy. And my son ended up being right because the siege played the second half of the big 10 season, just friggin' lights out. 
But he's in the chat here saying Wisconsin has baby Jokic coming in. So I got to know, Braden, I need you to comment again. I need to know who the heck baby Jokic is. That would be he's he's referencing Gus Yaldin. Um, he's like a six eight six nine center coming from La Lumiere, uh, ranked a hundred and fifteenth, I believe. Um, he got the name because he is a solid passer. He he really is. Um, it's fun nickname. He's not like a guy that's going to bring up the ball and facilitate from the top of the key. But I did like some of the stuff he was making out of the post. A um, little bit undersized at 6'8", but he's still a little bit bigger boy. And just even admits he's like, yeah, I know I don't look like I play basketball, but he is good. He has pretty good footwork. <laughs> um, he can step out. He can run pick and pop and, and kind of step out and shoot a catch and through, shoot three. I think he shot 33% at, at La Lu last year uh, during NIBC play. Um, so there, you know, there is upside. That is, If we're going purely off rankings, which isn't always um, – the most accurate thing they their rankings for the three guys they bring in are 115 192 and 206 um so i don't know how much we'll see contributing yaldin will be probably the most important just based on how their depth is at the moment um you know nolan winter is a 610 power forward i think he needs to put on probably a little bit of muscle before he really contributes um john blackwell i don't know how much he'll play this year just because this guard room is kind of loaded um, a little bit. It, it, the top four is are really good, and Hepburn, Klesmit, Store, and Connor Sejan. Um, but also those guys, will, Store and Sejan will have to play the three at some point. John Blackwell is ranked 206. I think we're going to look back in two years and be like, how was he ranked 206 and not like 100? Um, I really, really like the game. Good athleticism, shoots the ball pretty well, can facilitate, play on, play off. Um, but I don't know if he'll contribute much this year. That kind of all leads me to this. Like, this is a team that is older, but like, I don't trust their depth at the same time. Um, you know, their starting five is will be one of the best in the Big Ten, just on paper, at least at the beginning. You know, it's some form of you'll have Chucky for sure, Tyler Wall, and Stephen Crowell, and then it'll be two of Max Klesman, AJ Store, and Connor Seijan, right? Like, whatever way you want to combo those and have one come off the bench, that top six is is going to be very, very good. Um, and you could put it up against probably most top sixes in the Big Ten. And I would assume it's, you know, number two or number three um, off the top of my head, depending on how you rank, you know, some of the guys. After that, though, it's it's Kamari McGee. Um, or their seventh guy is Carter Gilmore, who gave some productive minutes last year. Uh, he's only they're, – they're only proven big off the bench. You're hoping you get more from Wall so you don't have to rely on Gilmore. And then their backup guards is McGee and, and then a freshman in Blackwell. Um, they have Marcus Ilver, who hasn't really done much yet. Chris Hodges uh, didn't really play much his freshman year last year. Nolan Winter, like I said, another b- freshman big. So, you know, you have your top six, which is really, really good. You have Carter Gilmore, who can we, we know can give some good minutes or some solid minutes as a, off the bench. But after that, like, it's it's who do you turn to? Um, and, and that's going to be right. my biggest thing. If one or two of these freshmen or McGee or something like that step up, then I think they're a legit, like, top-tier team. If not, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, they're going to have to stay healthy, and they didn't last year. Just things like that. Not that I'm hoping that happens. I hope everybody stays healthy and all that. Um, right. That's when they're going to be at their best. That's when they're going to be the most fun to watch. Yeah, and they definitely – I mean, I think that injury, obviously, to Wall set them back quite a bit last year. I mean, that's kind of when they the downward spiral started. And he just never looked the same when he came back. Um, yeah. You know, and and I don't, I don't know uh, exactly if he wasn't really healthy all the way through um, and, and just tried to play through it or what, but it just never seemed like 
he got his feel back and and they as a team kind of got their mojo back after he got hurt but yeah i mean i think obviously you're right uh, from a depth standpoint just not a lot there but again you just you were rolling off those rankings 126 147 210 connor Siegen was ranked lower than all three of those last year going into the season yeah Braden exactly. smith was ranked lower and like that's who wisconsin gets like yeah. They're not rolling in top 50 guys. Um, and he finds guys that fit his system. You said they rank 19th in defense. You know, half of that is because they play so slow. People aren't going to put up a ton of points, right? Um, rather than like situational, really good defensive team. Um, he just finds guys that's going to fit that system. And you know what? I, I, when I was watching the tape on Blackwell, I thought, well, he fits for them. I didn't think he was super quick. He's big bodied and, hmm. you know, athletic in terms of finishing through contact, but just watching him move up and down the floor. He didn't seem like a super quick guard, um, no. but he looks like a guy that'll fit Wisconsin's system. And then the other two guys, you're like, oh, like if you were going to go handpick two big men for great guard, like yeah. <laughs> you would pick those two guys um, yep. in terms of just guys that are going to play for him. But you say winner's going to be a power forward. He's a power because he's, he's pretty wiry. Um, I think he'll be more like a wall. In, in terms of usage, but he can step out, I think, better and shoot a three. He actually went to the same high school as Wall, which is just funny. Um, really? Yep. And then Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he'll be a four. I think he'll be a four that can play five at times, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Uh, especially if him and Yaldin kind of grow together. Like Yaldin's going to be the five and Winter would be the four from there. Um, you talk about defense. I'm going to throw and- into your wrench of. Uh- of people coming off the bench production wise, because you were only showing scholarship players on your sheet. Oh yeah. Lindsay, okay. the, the Lindsay kid from mineral point high school, which is really close to where my son lives actually. Um, that kid gave some good minutes at times last year. Um, he played against us extremely well. Um, yeah. and it's, I mean, he averaged, he didn't average that much less in terms of minutes than, than Elver did last year. So I mean, does he have a chance to be, you know, Grady Eifert walk-on type kid that's going to be able to give you, I mean, Grady obviously eventually started, but like, is he going to be a type of guy that maybe even as a walk-on might give 15 minutes a game that are productive around those guys? Maybe. Um, I would say no, but you never know. Uh, my favorite thing about him is is when he got in the game, it is, uh, it is Isaac Lindsay time right from the jump. Um, <laughs> Like, I don't know. He was, what is he? Here, just, there you go. I can pull it up. Um, yeah, he played, he had eight points against Purdue. He had three against North Texas, two against Iowa, two against Penn State, three against IU. Um, so we were know. his shining think, moment. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, he had two threes. That's, yeah. And then he played 13 minutes against Minnesota and then not much from there. And he played because of injuries. Now, maybe, yeah, maybe he could be a guy that gives 10 minutes. That's I don't think that um, depending on how they stagger the lineups and if Chucky can play 30, 35 minutes, they're not going to need too many guards. But um, yeah, if mm-hmm. he could be that guy, that's their fifth guard in the rotation. Like, sure. Um, but I was going to want to go back to the defense because, you know, obviously they do play very slow and that, that helps them. Um, but also they're just really good at the, the rim and they force a ton of mid-range shots. Um, or they're not good at the rim. They just force a They just don't allow shots at the rim. Um, mm-hmm. 22nd percentile in defensive rim points per possession, which is not great, but they were like 20th in the fewest shots allowed at the rim. So they're just forcing wow. a ton of mid-range shots because um, they don't allow a 
Um, yeah, they don't allow an abnormal amount of threes. It's pretty average. Just a team that forced you to, you know, they're going to play their drop coverage with Crowder, drop or maybe switch with with Wall. Um, just a team that's going to force you to take mid-range jumpers. If you can hit them, you're going to beat them. Um, but if not, like, now you're taking bad shots and it allows them to have their kind of clunky offense at times and just kind of trudge along. My other thing, um, and I don't know if it, this is where I just a genuine question is, can Tyler Wall be the number one on a good Wisconsin, like a good Big Ten team? Or this good Big Ten team, I guess, specifically? I mean, I think so. Um, uh, he was for a large stretch. Um, now, I, I mean, I think he struggles when he goes up against guys that are just physically more imposing than him at times. Yeah. Um, but we don't have a lot of those guys in the Big Ten this year. Like, no. this isn't a year where we have Kofi, Hunter, and Zach. Um, I can't think, I mean, Dane Danger's a big body, but he's not, he's not overly like seven, three or anything or seven, two or anything like that. Like those three guys. Um, I mean, I, I just can't think, well, and you know what, three years ago, Luca Garza, seven footer. So like, I, I don't know that there's a ton of those just physically imposing guys that are going to give him a lot of trouble this year in the big 10 person. Yeah, no, he might have a really good year. I guess more of my point is I think he needs to be a, the second option for, for Wisconsin to truly reach their stuff. Like um, Bragg's thought, you know, said two years ago, um, and that's fair, but they had Johnny Davis. Like Johnny Davis was by far the one. Right. And, and Walker yep. kind of feed off that. If Chucky or if, um, even if Asijan maybe can get to that or, or something like that can get to like more of this pure one and they're their kind of main option and allow Wall to be more of the second option. Um, then I then I buy them a lot more, but um, that that's going to be the thing I'm monitoring. Unless Wall, you know, truly was just really hurt and um, that really hindered him, and maybe he maybe he can be the one. He is a you know coming back for his grad year. He's going to have a ton of experience, so he's he's going to be the guy I keep my eye on with kind of grouped with Chucky. Um, if Chucky right. can be the guy and Wall number two, then I think they're going to be a very very tough team. And Chucky became a better decision maker last year. I thought, I mean, I thought that was always one of the big question marks of like, he could have a great game. And then in the last two minutes would just make a decision that did not seem like the most ideal decision to make in that moment, you know? Um, and, and it seemed last year more often than not, he was making the good decisions and making the right plays at the right times. And kids shot 40%, 41% from three last year um, with only 1.5 turnovers to 2.8 assists. So I, he, you know, he could step up. He could be that guy. He could get 15, 16 a game. To me, Connor, a CJ, I mean, the dude averaged, a, what, 11.7 points in Wisconsin's system as a freshman? That's like averaging 17 at Iowa, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there's a chance for him to step up and, and get five or six more points a game too, I think. But I yeah, don't know. I'm sure. just a little bit – I'm a little bit higher. I'm usually not when it comes to Wisconsin going into the year, but I just think people maybe are, we have two teams today that I think people are sleeping on a little bit that from the early, like way too early big 10 rankings that I've seen. Who would you, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, because the two teams you mentioned are Ohio state and Wisconsin, who would you have ranked higher right now? Than Ohio state and Wisconsin. No, or like you... out of those two. Oh man, that's a good question. I'd probably Ohio state just cause I, I think there's a lot of talent there. I'm, I'm way higher on battle than you are. Like, I, I okay. think there's a really good shot that battles at least second team, big 10 this year. Oh wow. So, okay. Yeah. I, I thought that, I thought he was a dog 
uh, two years ago. I mean, just a, a big, big forward that could bang threes at 37%, 17 points a game. Um, I, I think he's going to bounce back and have a really good year now that he's got talent around him and he doesn't have to do everything. And then again, if you do that, they got so many guys coming back into their second year um, that should have a big jump. And I'm going to ignore all the Holtman doubters and for some reason buy in and say they're going to be the third best team in the Big Ten this year. But but let me ask you quick, just rapid fire. Okay. Um, Ohio State, Ohio State, what's their ceiling and what's their floor where they finish in the Big Ten? Uh, ceiling, like absolute ceiling is uh, s- second floor is 10th. Uh, I think they're a wider team for me. Okay. I'd go three and eight. I can't see them getting around Michigan State or Purdue and, and in those top two. So uh, Iowa. Yeah. Iowa floor is like is probably like 13th um <laughs> ceilings eighth seventh eighth okay okay i can you? live with that i can live with that so even though i said i have a really hard time seeing in the bottom four there's a chance uh that this is yeah. just one of those years that is really bad so uh penn state floor is 14th <laughs> ceiling is 12th <laughs> not ceilings 10th probably for me okay Okay. Yeah, I can live with that too. Uh, Cause like you said, maybe they just defensively, if he, if he does have the right pieces to play, you want the way the, the VCU way uh, defensively, maybe they just disrupt some teams and, and find a way to win more than we think they will. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin floor is probably. Floor is probably seventh or eighth. And then ceiling's probably third for me. Yeah, I'm going exactly the same thing I said for for Ohio State there, eight and three for me. I think Um, that that three to eight is just going to be – that three to eight is going to be like what the Big Ten was last year. I think there's going to be a little more separation. Or I guess Purdue was separated last year at the top. But there's going to be like the two at the top. And then I think there's going to be a distinct kind of drop off to the bottom other than just like one team. Yeah, the difference was last year there was one team that separated and then really two through nine was what separated by like three games, um, I think, or something like that. Because Michigan State had that weird like half game. Two through 12. Yeah. Was how many games apart? Two through 12 was separated by uh, three games. Indiana, Indiana Northwestern, most likely Michigan State would have been uh, 12 and eight. And then Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and Nebraska were 11 and 12 at nine and 11. And then there was Ohio State five and fifteen, Minnesota two and seventeen. Yeah, I think the bottom four probably breaks apart a little bit further yeah. this year, um, and I think the top two separate. And then so whatever three through ten, I, I'm with you. I think I think that's going to be all over the board, and who knows what's going to happen there until they really get to the season. Oh yeah, we'll be uh, if we do power rankings, or whatever. We'll be probably changing yeah. those like every two or three weeks, or you just it's either that or you just gotta. You know, even if there's two or three bad games, you just got to stick with whatever and just have a, at some point that's just going to have to happen. But it's just tough with this league. There's just so much in the middle that it's just like, who knows? It really is. Well, and if Illinois ever gets a point guard, you True. know, they, they get a point guard, they lose a point guard. Everybody thinks that that, that means Crease is coming in and then Crease yeah. recommits to West Virginia today. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, what what in the world's going on there? Uh Terrence Shannon or Sincere Harris right now playing point guard, I guess. Hi Rogers. So, 
Okay. I think that's who it's going to probably end up being a good bit of. Um, but okay. we'll talk about them maybe on the next Another one, day. if not on the last one. Um, do you have anything else for any of these teams? Um, just any, anything in general, Big Ten, I guess? No, I don't really. Um, in terms of these teams, I think we covered them pretty fully. Um, I think it's going to get a lot more interesting as we get into – I mean, obviously Penn State brings in a lot of people, but it's – hard to even know what's there with a lot of them. Some of these other teams that bring in maybe three or four pieces in the transfer portal. Um, yeah. I think those conversations are going to get really interesting. So I, I think yeah. people will vary widely on a team like Indiana. Um, some people that will say they brought in a lot of talent in the transfer portal and some other people will say they didn't bring any fit in the transfer portal to what else they have around them. So um, good conversations to have in the future sessions. Yeah, for sure. We'll have, um, we don't know the exact date, but it'll be coming up sometime in the soon ish. Um, but talk about another four or five teams. We'll do a third one. And then, like I said, once we hit September, October, really dive in. So, um, if you got nothing else, um, then we can just kind of get out of here. All right. Um, yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in. If you haven't already, please like subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on audio rate us, you know, five stars, give us a review just really helps us in the end. Um, we appreciate all of you guys, you know, everybody turning it, tuning in uh, just even from last year. And, and now we're kind of moving into the off season and gearing up for our first full year of, of boilers in the stands. Uh, some exciting stuff coming your, your guys way that we're, we have working on the back end. So uh, appreciate everybody tuning in and then we will, we will see you guys in the next one.